Welcome to Living in Upper Mac. Episode four of the podcast. Welcome once again to another special episode about the upcoming election on November the 2nd. And today we're going to speak with Sonny Guy. Sonny is running for the seat of Upper McCungie Township Supervisor, currently held by Sean Gill. If you missed our last episode, Sean was interviewed on the last podcast. Today we get a chance to talk with Sonny and find out a little bit about him and what his thoughts are on the upcoming election. Living in Upper Mac is brought to you by the Deb and Joe Corcoran Group at Keller Williams Real Estate. We're here to answer all of your questions about selling, buying, or owning a home, and advice is always free. Just give us a call or text us at 610-541-8169. Our guest today on Living in Upper Mac is Sonny Guy. Sonny is a candidate for the position of Upper McCungie Township Supervisor. He's running in the election coming up on Tuesday, November the 2nd. He's the chair of the Good Neighbor Coalition and has been working on improving safety and resolving quality of life issues within the township with that group. He's a former member of the UMT Planning Commission and a certified citizen planner through the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. He's had a long career in plan operations, procurement, and supply chain management at numerous global high technology and industrial manufacturing firms and graduated from Parkland High School and Penn State University. We won't talk about that game on Saturday. Uh, Sonny earned a degree in engineering and is married and has three adult children who all graduated from Parkland High School. Welcome to the show, Sonny. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your, we like to get to know people up front, get to know about them personally, because I think it helps people understand you a little bit better. You know, talk about the things that you do, your interests, your life, your family. Give us a little update. Yeah, well, let me start a little bit with just you know, how, how I got here in Upper McCunchy. I actually, we moved down here in 1973. So I've been a longtime resident of the township. Uh, I grew up on, uh, in Cameo Woods. Um, and um, as I stated, you stated earlier, you know, all my, my siblings and my kids, they all graduated from Parkland. Uh, I left um, a little, you know, I left for about 13 years or so. I can't remember the exact time. Left as a single guy, came back, married with three children, and I really wanted them uh, to get their degree in uh, from Parkland. I mean, I, I, I just think it's a phenomenal school district. I think it's one of the reasons people, when, I, when, they, when they look for where to go, where they want to live, and I had choices when I moved back, didn't have to be up from Akanji. But I chose up from Akanji because it's home for me. It's always been home. And... Um, and I wanted my children to go through the same school district that I went through. Um, I'm in I'm a little bit about me. You know, uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I, as you know, I, I'm an engineer, so I've kind of docked, decked up my whole house. It's kind of a smart house with Alexa turning on the lights and stuff. And I, I can't, that kind of keep me, keeps me busy and probably annoys my family. But that's, you know, that's a different matter. Um, that's also a bad job, isn't it? That's, yeah, you know how it is. You know, it's always just one of those things. So... Uh, we have a lot of fun with it, but uh, you know I'm also into gardening. I uh, love 
just hanging outside. Uh, recently with, with COVID, I've really gotten into uh, hiking and kayaking and I really, really enjoy, you know, the quality of life that, you know, not just this region has, you know, being able to go and, uh, you know, and find things to do where, you know, everything was kind of shut down and we were looking for some safe activities and we're really fortunate that we have some wonderful resources, you know, in our region that we can enjoy. So tell me what then prompted you to get involved in government, you know, how, what was your start? Well, there's always an impetus for people, right? Why, why you got involved? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, you know, I, like I think I told you earlier, so I, I, I left in, I, I think I want to say 2017 or so and got back in the area around 2001. So it was like 14 years I was gone. Um, and, and through those 14 years, I mean, what I remember the township and where it was, was, was quite different, right? Um, and you know, like many people, you see it, you're not happy, but you don't really do anything. You know, you got, you got, you know, got, you know, your, your entire life, you got your career, you got your kids, you got so many other things going on. And so with me, that I kind of, if you, you know, pardon the expression, the kick in the pants was when Old Dominion was, uh, you know, going to put a, uh, you know, trucking terminal behind, uh, you know, my neighborhood. So a number of us got notices, uh, from the zoning hearing board that there was, um, obviously some, discrepancy as to whether or not or, or dispute is, is this a terminal or is this a warehouse right um and we were like many people were really unaware of you know what the protocol was i mean you know what is the zoning hearing board what's the planning commission what do they do so we just showed up to see like hey what's going to happen we didn't really know what to expect well we really didn't know that was that was it i mean they made the decision and and it was approved to be a warehouse even though, as I learned more and more about it, it was clear that it was not. It was a terminal. And there's a big difference uh, between a terminal and a warehouse. There, there definitely is. I mean, well, the biggest difference right now is that in, in a limited light industrial district, a terminal is not allowed. Okay. Right? They're not, they're not, they're not allowed, and, uh, and a warehouse um, um, is. And I, I've actually been you know, studying this a little bit more. We have other townships in the, um, in the county that, you know, make things a little bit clearer as to what the definitions of all of those are. And a lot of people kind of say, well, it's common sense or semantics. It's really not. When you're actually looking, at, you know, into the codes uh, uh, on the ordinances, it makes a difference. Um, and, you know, bottom line is we, we took a crash course in understanding it. Um, I hired an attorney. All our neighbors pulled together. Obviously, I chipped in my time, all my time and, some, and money. Um, and the good news was we were successful and we also w didn't want to stop there though. We wanted to clean up the text, you know, the, the uh, ordinance. So we, you know, we got, we wrote, my attorney actually wrote the text amendment and we presented it to the township to get, you know, and the supervisors to approve it, which they did. So we cleaned it up a little bit. It, it by no means was perfect, but it was a band aid to get it going. I and mean, we still have a lot of ordinances like that, Joe, that really need to be addressed. Um, you know, the recent one with sheets is a good example. It, you know, it, 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 by all means, everybody, when you think of sheets, what do you think it is? What would you call it? The convenience store and gas station. Yeah. So, if it, but it's essentially a convenience store. And, uh, so, um, th that's not what they, they couldn't use convenience store as the definition because the ordinance was kind of outdated and the, um, uh, the limitation on square footage in our ordinance was 4,000 square feet and, and they wanted 6,000. So couldn't call it that to get it approved. They had to call it something else. So these kind of things, when you realize you're like, well, you know what, we can do a little bit better than that. You know, let's, let's clean up these ordinances and call them what they are. Um, and, um, 
And in some cases, we should review them to see if they still make sense. I mean, a lot of these ordinances were written well before, you know, uh, Amazon, you know, cha- you know, brought this business model of, you know, online, you know, fulf- all- online ordering and fulfillment centers. And, you know, we've, uh, you know, we have a, it's a blessing and a curse to live here, right? I, li- I like living here because I can shoot down uh, uh, the turnpike and get to Philadelphia or, you know, or I can get, take 78 and, and go to New York, but... Um, that curse is also that you also have a lot of, uh, you know, logistics center that centers that realize, hey, you can get the 30 or 40 percent of um, the U.S. market from the Lehigh Valley. But we've which is great. And I, you know, but and yes, it brings us low taxes, um, but it does come out as a cost because in some ways you're mortgaging your future. Right? You're, 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 you're getting low taxes today. But if you look at what's going on in Route 100 right now, there's a massive expense to uh, to uh, address just a small portion of that uh, of, of that roadway, you know, and and so there, you're going to have to pay for it eventually. It's not for free, right? So you, you know, one of the thoughts I would like to see, and and I'm I'm a tech guy, right? I came to this uh, came back to the valley to to to, uh, to help uh, with a startup. Uh, technology startup that with a lot of people that left that, that left uh, a gear in, in Briningsville. And um, I don't know if you remember back, back in the day, they were kind of marketing the Lehigh Valley as sort of the next Silicon Valley. Do you mm-hmm. remember all those billboard signs and all that? And there was a lot of things on there. Well, you know, the bubble burst and people don't talk about that anymore. But hey, the Silicon Valley is still doing really strong, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're, they're doing very well. And I do think that there's a lot of untapped resources here. Um, that we could bring in good businesses that pay really good manufacturing wages. Um, a lot of those folks that went that worked at a gear, they were, they were running the semiconductor fabs. They were making really good money, and it was a good quality of life. Um, and um, you know, a lot of the truck, you know, it's hard to find truckers these days because you know, especially the over, over the road truckers, it's a tough life, right? And we need them. God bless them. We need them. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, my background is in supply chain and procurement. And um, we're very much um, dependent on the trucking industry. So don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, th- th- it's a tough job. And so maybe at least for us, we should try to diversify, um, you know, some of our economy to bring in, you know, maybe more pharmaceutical, more high tech. Um, you know, what happens if we don't need all these warehouses anymore? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with these empty spaces, right? Um, and that, so I, I'm trying to be a little bit more, uh, forward looking and saying, you know, geez, you know, there is, um, a quality of life issue. There's noise issues that come from these, the traffic, there's air pollution. Um, you know, uh, we, we, uh, we, uh, have a subpar rating from the American Lungs Association here in the region because the air quality is so poor and, uh, the, uh, and the American Society of Civil Engineers, rated us like a, I think it was a D or D plus, don't, you know, I don't remember the exact rating, but it, it was in the Ds uh, for our roads and bridges. And, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money to repair them. And we will, and we have to, we have no choice. But then when are we going to go through another cycle like this? Why not bring in some more balanced growth that will give us, um, you know, the same, you know, give, give us a, a good tax base and a lot of good jobs, but a little bit more diversity than what we have today. So that's really why I decided to run. How do you do that? I mean, how do you how do you bring in more high tech industry? How do you become uh, what the billboard used to say three hours ahead of Silicon Valley? How do you do that? 
I think you have, you know, in my experience, I think I think we have to work with the Lehigh County Economic Development Corporation to, to market ourselves a little bit better. Um, I have some uh, contacts in the, in the um, high tech world, you know, um, you, we have Cisco here. Uh, I used to work at Cisco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a company called Infinera, the CEO, I used to report into him, you know. We have a couple of companies here that were, that were acquired by JDSU. I used to work at JDSU. Um, I have some, so like I'm saying, I have contacts in the industry because, uh, and, and with what I do in procurement, um, you know, that actually helps my contacts as well. So I, I'm not going to say that I'm going to have, I don't have a magic wand here, but I, I do think that there should be an effort made to do more than just provide, you know, brochures and literature. Uh, maybe we should work a little closer with the Lehigh, with the, the uh, Lehigh Economic Development Corporation to help uh, essentially, you know, control our future and our destiny. Do you so think that, the that's, current that's supervisors what, aren't doing enough of that? I, I'm not seeing the results. I don't know what they're doing. I can't say I can't speak to that. But I mean, I, I you know, I think there's more to do. I mean, I, I, I think you can always do more. Right. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not going to say they're not doing anything or they're not doing enough. Perhaps I could just say, I think we could do more, uh, because when I see the, see what we have here, you know, we, I would love to see more manufacturing and unless just pure like fulfillment centers, which they don't really, there is no manufacturing involved in procurement or distribution. It's, it's, it's not, you don't, you know, you basically, you have, you know, people that are driving fork trucks or, you know, forklifts or trucks and whatnot. Um, and uh, if you've been inside those, and a lot of those are getting automated, Joe, right? So more and more of these, if, uh, you know, you go into some of these uh, um, centers, I've been into some of them, actually, and they're quite automated. And, um, and I think you're going to see more and more of that as, as, as it's harder to find people. So what do you do? You automate, you know? But one of the things I, I didn't answer, you asked me earlier about what really drove me. So, you know, I mentioned Old Dominion and then, you know, with Emiracle, that was really my catalyst. When, um, when the zoning hearing board uh, approved their 135 foot uh, variance, you know, and so they, we literally have something that's bigger than the Sam Adams Brewery uh, put, being put up against residential homes. And what really disappointed me was that our attorney, the, the township's attorney, didn't go into uh, object to the the uh, variance. They basically he's there. He was there, but he only observed what happened. Um, that to me was very disappointing. That was really my catalyst because it happened with Old Dominion, and I understood why. And I, you know, I was like, okay, fine. You know, you know, I'll, I'll live with it. Even though it cost, we probably had to raise like ten thousand dollars. I spent a lot of my own time and money. I, I was like, okay. But when it happened with Americold, to me, that was such a disappointment. That's what was my catalyst to run. So is the problem with, I mean, Sean Gill was on the last episode of the podcast, and he said he was against that from the beginning. So is the problem with the zoning board uh, maybe not understanding their role or misinterpreting, or, or are they doing what they have to do, and it's just not the results that anybody else would like to see? What do you think the the issue is there. Well, I, I think that the, with all due respect to Mr. Gill, I think he could have done more. He could have sent the attorney to object to the, the variance. And that was the whole reason why, as I said, used as an example, why warehouses are a special exception. The reason they did that so that um, 
so the township could send their solicitor to be a, a objector. That was the whole that was the whole concept of it. So we all knew that 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 was an option. I have to ask why wasn't it done with Americal? That's number one, and it wasn't, and that was to me that was a mistake. And and now then what happened is then we had to pay township money to have to appeal it in court. Well, I honestly, if you every time I've seen that if they do object, that this is the township when they do send in a, a, um, a their attorney to object, they're pretty successful. And so why why not have done it from the start? Uh, why why wait to have to um, see if you if, if if it goes through or not, and then um, you know take it to court and spend taxpayer money, right? I I don't think that was that wouldn't have been a decision I would have made a supervisor. I would have I would have sent our solicitor to object. Um, and and the other thing is it's just, it's it's not just uh, kind of an opinion on what the zoning hearing board did. So uh, it wasn't published much, but you, if you actually listen to the uh, if you actually read the ruling from that Americal decision, um, the judge ruled that the zoning hearing board manifestly abused their discretion by granting that waiver. So it's it it they didn't they, they didn't follow you know. Uh, the the ordinance and they, they didn't follow the criteria for approving it. So um, that's obviously a problem, right? And that shouldn't have been done. And the judge basically ruled that it was a, that was done incorrectly. So uh, I, you know, again, and and, and I think I, I I listen. I I'm happy that the township, you know, did appeal it, and I'm happy that they appealed Old Dominion, but. It could have been handled differently, where we wouldn't even have to if if, if the solicitors were sent uh, to to object to it, and um, and I, those are two examples of when they did it right, and they were very important and very big projects. Um, I am seeing them do it more now, and I and I thank them for that publicly. And I said, you know, and but um, I also like to see them acknowledge when they did it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Good Neighbor Coalition um, and how that group started and um, how you became involved with that and uh, former police chief Ed Cologne. Sure. So uh, it was about, I don't remember the exact timing, but it was in the same time frame that I joined the planning commission. Is I, I, uh, I, had Ed Col- I was at a, a township meeting. I don't remember which one, probably the Board of Supervisors. And he pulled me on the side and said, I'm starting the Good Neighbor Coalition and I want, um, you know, I want you to, to chair it. Now, at the time, there were a couple of different um, uh, focus areas for the Good Neighbor Coalition. So uh, he asked me to handle safety and signage. And at the time, you know, uh, God rest her soul, Michaela Ashmore was, was, it took on one of the other roles for uh, legislature. Um, and so she tried to, she took on that one. So we had separated into two groups and no, in no way did we actually plan on being able to control traffic because we don't have, um, any governance over rules and regulations or approving warehouses or, or whatnot. I mean, that's not what we do. Essentially what it was, a, it was a group of volunteers with the intent to try to make what we have better. Right. And to have the, um, the warehousing industry act like good neighbors, right? You know, if you have a neighbor that cranks up the radio way too loud, you want to be able to knock on his door and say, hey, can you turn down the volume, please, right? And in some cases, to be very honest with you, Joe, I mean, the, 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 
they may not always be doing anything illegal, but just might not be good neighbors about it, right? I mean, the laws are kind of written in a certain way, you know, that, um, you know, we, that there's, unless you have a no parking, um, you know, sign on the side of the road, I know people get frustrated. They said they should, trucks shouldn't park there. Well, if there's not, and not a no parking sign, you, you know, that the police have told me they can't do anything, right? Can we get the, the warehouses to voluntarily get their drivers not to park on the side of the road? Sure, we can. You know, we can work with them to say, listen, you know, that, you know, we have it, but can you help me out? Or can we, and in our case, what we did do is we, add, you know, we put in a, a lot of truck restrictions, um, you know, during that period of time. And, and we were concerned that uh, people may not still understand these restrictions are in place. And so we worked with um, the warehouses to at least get signage out um, so that when the truck leaves their leaves their facility, they're kind of guided as to where to go so they don't drive through neighborhoods or, you know, restricted roads. You know, that the biggest challenge, <clears throat> excuse me, the biggest challenge we have, uh, Joe, is um, they follow their GPS, as everybody knows. And yeah. even though there are truckers' GPSs, they don't always use them. I mean, I remember when we had a, or for, we had like a one big meeting, I think it was at the time, it was a Jandal Elementary School, and we had, uh, I think the, the uh, cafeteria, was, was the cafeteria, I think it was in that cafeteria, we, we had it filled with uh, uh, many, many uh, uh, warehouse operators in the area, and we actually gave away, uh, the ta- or, or the police uh, did, gave away a warehouse, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a, a trucking GPS, just to try to encourage people to use it, but, you know, just to raffle it off, I remember that. But that, that's, that was the intent of the Good Neighbor Coalition. And, uh, you know, I also worked, was working with um, some of the township's engineers to come up with some new ideas on signage. Uh, you know, one of the areas that really worked is on Rupsville Road. We had a lot of trucks cutting through Chapman to go to the, I, I presume, going to the, uh, the truck stop, you know, off of Blue Barn. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, you know, one of the things that I'm proud of, every time I drive by that, you know, that kind of Y intersection, there's a, sign that says truck route and it points you towards Tillman Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's an example of, of things that help. And you probably saw uh, all of those wind chimes that we have, you know, hanging off of like those goalposts in the township. We have a couple of those now. That was the work of the Good Neighbor Coalition um, to try to at least, um, you know, provide another kind of a, a barrier um, to uh, all those trucks. D- did, it, did it completely solve the problem? No, it, it didn't. I mean, we still have issues. We still have People that hit that so hard that it, it just you know it just ravels everything up on the pole. You know, it's it's not you know, but it's one of these things. You know, I I've worked in industry before. I call it continuous improvement. We're not going to constantly. You got to keep on working at it, right? And so we still have the Good Neighbor Coalition um, in in place. We still listen to resident concerns. I still reach out to our warehouse friends and ask them if they can help us out. Uh, and we're going to continue to do that. I mean, we actually, I'm even working with residents from North Whitehall, you know, as you know, off of, um, uh, right off of, um, what road is that now? Uh, uh, Crackersport Road. We've got a massive warehouse off there. And we're concerned about that because trucks might head um, west and head towards that uh, uh, truck stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are kind of things we try to think ahead of before things happen to see what we can do to minimize uh, the uh, impact uh, of these operations. Okay. Um, I didn't get one. Um, I've seen a copy of it, um, but a mailer that went out um, attacking your positions. I don't know if the who the mailer was sent by, 
Um, I didn't. I only saw the back of it, but it was critical of some of your positions. And among them uh, was an accusation, supposedly from Sean Gill, that the Good Neighbor Coalition was ineffective. How do you respond to that? Well, I think the actual wording is um, it did nothing uh, to improve traffic. Um, and, and that's not the that was never the um, the mission of the Good Neighbor Coalition. Right. I'm, I mean, we, we can't control traffic. The traffic is created by warehouses that the supervisors approve. And and it's it's actually disappointing that. You know, anybody in in, um, in office would criticize volunteers that, that that basically they're just trying to do good and not take credit and not take, I suggest you said the blame for what, you know, what we're trying to help with. So I, I was, I was disappointed with that statement because I know how hard a lot of the good neighbor coalition members work. And, um, you know, just to, 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 to denigrate volunteers, I thought was inappropriate. And uh, another statement on that little mailer was that you left the planning commission. You served on Lehigh, on the uh, Upper Mukunji Township Planning Commission um, because I forget how the wording was, but that you couldn't get along with other members or something. Uh, you want to address that one? I'd be happy to. So, you know, I actually left that during the time that um, we were putting together the comprehensive plan, but I had some concerns about the plan and how it was being managed. And, um, you know, I, I voiced some concerns and, um, they had asked me not, uh, not to, to, to do that, not to send out certain emails because they, they were happy with the way things were going. And, uh, you know, I just, essentially, I just felt that um, if, if they're not going to listen to me, if they're, if they're not, um, um, if I'm saying things that does, and, and, and I'm not being heard, it doesn't make a difference. You know, I, I just really felt like I, I, I was, I could be more effective as an advocate. So it had nothing to do with my relationships with board members. You know, it really had to do with the fact that I, and I even when I joined, when I was asked to join, I said to them, I said, I'll do it as long as I feel that, you know, that, um, you know, I can be effective in this role. But the reality is, and, 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 um, and I want to, you know, give, some, I want to give some clarification to the planning commission too. They, they can only, you know, do what they can or whatever the rules allow, right? And so I know they mean well, I, I, and I know I want to make clear the record. I, and so I know I don't want them to think that I criticized them in the past about certain things because I, if they didn't have the, uh, the, they had to follow the rules. And sometimes the rules uh, don't allow them to do the things that they really want to do. Right. Um, and I know they get frustrated and I'll come more to that later. But um, in my case, I just felt that I was much more effective you know, as an advocate. And then when I did see some incompatible growth areas or, you know, you know things that didn't belong, I, I could, you know, you know, uh, reach out to residents and let them know about it. It's a little difficult to do that when you're on the planning commission. But if you're, if you're an independent, if you're, we can work independently, you can be a lot more forthcoming and, uh, you know, and uh, about the information. That's really why I, I did it. Um, and, and I know they're also very frustrated too. You know, I was at the last planning commission, um, and there was a, they were asked to make a decision on Lehigh Hills and they refused to make the decision. They, this first time I ever saw that, um, they, they refused to do it. And I know they were unhappy with, um, you know, what happened with Lehigh Hills because there was that lawsuit 
and there was a settlement. We don't really quite know what happened, but you know, the, the, um, sidewalks that were supposed to go on there didn't get it didn't get put in because part of that settlement and i know they were upset by it um so i sensed their own frustration i really felt for them um and there was also another discussion about um you know truck traffic going through that you know let's call it let's call it what it is it's a bypass the focus will bypass they want to put in and uh you know we were talking about that truck traffic and you know the fact is that they can't you know uh, jake breaks are a big problem if anybody in the township knows they make a lot of noise and you know, I, I raised the issue. Well, can we at least put? When, you know, are we going to have Jake break restrictions on this road? And the answer was no, because of the grade. You, you know, it depends on what what the grade is, whether or not they allowed him or not. And so I asked, you know, what, what what about some sound barriers or whatever? And we talked about how much traffic is going to be on there. And the issue came up with the, with with that, uh, with uh, ATAS that the uh, board only, the planning commission only uh, uh, approved uh, ten trucks in and out of that facility. I believe it was ten truck trips. Um, the, the applicant said he needed five, they gave him 10. And then when they went to the board of supervisors, they ended up with 50. So they gave them a higher number and I could sense the frustration on the planning commission because they knew this is going to add to the traffic there. So, um, you know, I have, like I said, I, I'm sympathetic with the planning commission. I was there. I, I understand they have to follow the rules. Um, I, I think the reality is, is that if I, you know, I want to make a difference, I got to help, you know, change the rules. And that's the role, that's the role of the township supervisors, right? They, 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 they can, they have the ability to do that. The planning commission doesn't, um, the zoning hearing board doesn't, their jobs to basically their quasi judicial branch. Their job is actually to, to interpret the rules. Um, and so I felt that that's where I was going to be more effective. And at the time, I mean, that honestly, I, I, I've been toying around with the idea for quite some time. Um, and and one of the reasons I, I did leave is to, you know, um, be more open, being able to talk more and, and, and possibly, you know, contemplate a, a run in the future. That, that's that's what happened. Yeah. And then the uh, final thing on that uh, on that mailing that I know you've addressed on your website as well was that you were in favor of a paid fire department with a $5 million budget. As a volunteer firefighter <laughs> in the township, the guys all want to know, where do we get an application for the fire department? Because we'd like to get paid for this. Yeah. Well, God bless all of you for doing the work you do. And I really appreciate it. Um, but I have no idea where that came from. I mean, you can check my record. You can look at my you know, website. You can look at my flyer. I've never made that statement, and it's a complete fabrication, and I'll just leave it at that. Board of Supervisors has been comprised of three Republicans for as long as I think anyone can remember. Um, you're a Democrat running for the seat. If you do win election, how do you work with what will be two other Republicans, Jim and Kathy, to do some of the things that you've talked about doing here? Well, I don't think, and it shouldn't be a you know D or R thing. I mean, I I, I hope that's not what what it comes to is you know uh, that I I think you know uh, the things that we care about um, are all bipartisan issues, and the the folks that are supporting me uh, aren't looking at parties. You know, they're just they're looking at quality of life and safety and that type of thing. And we all want that. So, you know, I don't see this 
I don't see my party should have any issue with it. Um, and I, I honestly don't think in the, in, in the municipal government, it, it, it does. I mean, uh, you care about, you know, do you, does your garbage get picked up on time? Are the potholes going to be fixed? Are the roads in good condition? Those are the, those are the, the uh, issues that everybody cares about at the municipal level. And they don't have anything to do with party. I, uh, full disclosure, I ran for township supervisor eight years ago as a Democrat, and I had a hard time convincing people that Barack Obama was not giving me my marching directions on what to do as a township supervisor. So I, I understand the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, local well, politics is not as much of a, you know, the, the party shouldn't really factor into it as much, I don't think. But some people still give a lot of credence to it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I get that too, right? I've, I've been knocking on a lot of doors. And um, honestly, I've, I've got a, a lot of support from both parties. I, I think people understand it. You know, reason being too, Joe, is I think people, you know, eight years from now, I think things have gotten um, more pronounced about all of the warehouses issues we have now and, and smart growth. People are getting getting it. Um, I'm actually seeing in um, other candidate races where s smart growth or developments or in general are being put on on um, on their flyers and on their campaigns. You look at what's going on in South Whitehall right now. There are a lot of re actually Republicans running on a smart growth platform. If you look at what happened in Upper Mount Bethel, that's the same issue. In fact, um, you know, they actually asked me to speak uh, to their uh, board of supervisors a couple years ago when it all started. Uh, I helped a gentleman who was based out of, who was uh, in, um, uh, in the Pittsburgh area, uh, who, who was a Republican, and I really didn't care what his party was. He, he, he wanted to know what I did because he had heard about it. Um, uh, Old Dominion and wanted my advice, and I gave it to him. Um, I didn't check. I didn't check to see what his... Uh, affiliation was. I don't think, I think it matters. If people want to ask me for help, I'll help them. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and ask for help and, uh, you know, and uh, I never asked them, right? Um, and I've had those same people say, yeah, I'm a Republican, Sonny, but I'm going to, I'll cross party lines for you because I know, you, you know, what you've done. And, and I think that's the difference. And I think the, you know, supervisors should also understand that and, and, and work for the benefit of the residents, you know, to, to help me make a difference. I want to work with them. And I, and I do think that, you know, during the, you know, during the campaign, things get a little bit, uh, um, agitated and, you know, whatever. And we need to think, well, hopefully let's, let's get it behind us. Let's work together. You know, that's, that's what I'm hoping, um, will be done. That's what I'm willing to do. Fantastic. Anything else you'd like to add in closing? Uh, you know, not really. I think you covered everything that uh, I had hoped to, to, to address here. Um, I, I do want everyone to come out and vote. I think it's very important. Um, you know, it's October 25th right now. Um, you know, I know there's a concern that if you have a mail-in ballot, you probably don't want to put it in the mail. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of tight. Uh, it's much better to put it in a drop box at this point. Um, you can go all the way out to the county drop box. Uh, our Dropbox is not in Upper Mekunji anymore. If you need to do drop the need need to put the uh, ballot in the Dropbox, you have to go to the uh, LCA Lehigh County Authority Building on Spruce uh, Road, uh, just just right off of uh, Brookside Road. 
road. So that's where that one goes. And I would just, if people are, are uh, listening before the election, you know, has finalized, I just ask them to please vote and, you know, and, and you know, be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, mail-in, if you're doing a mail-in ballot, you know, you know, be careful about the mail because it it's starting to get dicey now. Um, you know, other than that, um, I want to thank you for, you know, inviting me and having this platform to discuss, um, you know, my thoughts and concerns and, uh, you know, keep it up. It's a, it's a great uh, uh, service you're providing the township. Thanks so much, Sonny. It was great getting to know you and having some time to chat and find out your thoughts on the upcoming election. And we encourage everyone to get out and vote on Tuesday, November the 2nd. These municipal elections are important. Yes, it doesn't get as much attention as the presidential election or senator or something like that, but we have a lot of important local elections, including some of the county races that are up this time as well. We'll be voting for members of our county government this time around in this election. And I've actually been contacted by a couple candidates who are running in the county races asking if we could put them on the podcast. I don't think we're going to have time for that before the election, uh, but we will have them on after the election. If those candidates manage to win, we're going to take them up on their uh, desire to be on the show and, and get a chance to talk with them and find out what their plans are. Living in Upper Mac is brought to you by the Deb and Joe Corcoran Group at Keller Williams Real Estate. We're here to answer all of your questions about selling, buying, or owning a home. Advice is always free. We have a list of preferred vendors we can recommend. Uh, just a, a lot of different things to help you out with regards to owning a home. You can call or text us anytime at 610-541-8169. 610-541-8169. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And keep your eyes out for the next episode of Living in Upper Mac, brought to you by the Deb and Joe Corcoran Group. I'm your host, Joe Corcoran. 